0: So, Happy New Year. Welcome to Vision Month 2024. We always set aside time at the beginning of the year in January as a church um, to really go through the vision of the house, the vision for LCX, um, what God is saying to us in this season. We, we are a people who are led by the voice and the word of God. And there's always, a, there's always fresh bread uh, available when we seek the Lord for guidance and direction. It could be said that we believe in theocratic governance, which means God governed, that God is speaking and leading and guiding the vision of His church and of His people. And so at the beginning of the year in January, we, we intentionally set aside time to go through what I would say is in-depth what the vision of the house is, and what God is saying for us as a people in this particular season. We we call it a year, but God is a seasonal God, right? So what is He saying to us in this season? And the way that family works in the church, unity and membership in the body of Christ, is that when God is speaking to His people, He's doing a work corporately, but we are all tied into that work individually, So if we're hearing what the Lord is saying to his people, and we're obedient, and we're in the stream, we're in the flow, we're in the current of where he's going, what he's doing on the face of the earth with his people, then individually, God's also doing a work right there in our own life and in our own home. It's a beautiful thing, but we have to have ears to hear. We have to discern the voice of the Lord. We have to know what he's saying, and then we have to follow. Frankly, when we say vision month in January, you know, there's always a lot of things that go through my mind. One of the things I think a lot about is I'm I'm careful not to make people think we only cast vision in January, (laughs) right? Oh, it's vision month. Okay, on to other things. And the reality is I hope I do a good job of this. I surely pray and try to that we are casting vision all 12 months of the year. Uh, We are casting vision constantly. For me as the senior pastor of this church, you know my primary responsibility if you really narrow it down is to lead and feed the congregation that's what god's called me to do it's not just me in this church i think that's the senior pastor at any church is to lead and feed the congregation to lead is to get vision from god and hear what god is saying for the church and the direction we're going uh, and to be able to cast that, and then to be able to lead in the staff and congregation in a way that effectively executes that. That's a whole separate part of it. To speak about it is one thing. To move and successfully uh, advance in that is a whole another thing. I'm thankful for a wonderful staff of great people and a team around us and volunteers and leaders. Like, I mean, that's really where it happens. We had a, a pretty cool opportunity last year, there was a local media outlet that came and did this interview session with us and featured it on the TV, radio, TV, all that. And, you know, it was just kind of like talking about the vision of the church and what's going on here. And I had the privilege of, you know, being the spokesperson of that. And many people reached out in our team and were like, man, great job. You know, such an awesome vision, casting the vision. And, And genuinely from the bottom of my heart you know my reaction and response was that's just where it starts like this this really doesn't matter this doesn't carry weight it doesn't have substance if it's not actually in the hearts of the people and they're carrying it forward what makes this so potent is because what people are hearing is what they're experiencing. It's what they're seeing and encountering when they're checking their kids in the kids' church, when they're meeting us in the community for an outreach project. Are you hearing me? It's the, the successful transfer from the casting to the actual outworking day by day, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year that really moves that vision forward. It's truly something that is in the hearts of the people. Um, and that's that's so much of what I think this beginning of the year is about is for us to say what is what is God saying right now, and what is He speaking to His people. And as we go through the weeks of this month in January, you know we have four Sundays. Uh, I would say that if it's possible for you to be here at all of these weeks, or at least catch it through live stream. Um, that it, it, To me, it's kind of a total package it, it really takes all four of the weeks Of what I'm going to be speaking about What God is going to be sharing through us here in this pulpit uh, To get that full picture Today, what I really want to do Is I just kind of want to lay the groundwork I want to lay the foundation uh, Again, that's already been laid I want to help you know who we are and how what God has spoken to us and what this is all about. Because the, the, the thing for this year and for this season that we're heading into is an extension of the foundation that's already been laid. That's important. Um, because there are things that change, but are, there are also things that never change. This is said, This is true for our lives, too. There are things we are rigidly adherent to that we cannot move or or uh, fluctuate from but there are also things we need to be flexible in and so as we move into this year and say what's the right now word like what are you speaking right now it's so important that we all know and understand that that's an extension of what God has already spoken and what he's already said the foundation that's already been laid and I was thinking about this this week I'm like you know I've I've cast this vision for seven, going on eight years now, every year in January when we have planted the church, people are probably going to be really tired of hearing this. You know, this is just my mind thinking. That would be a good time to say, "Absolutely not, Pastor." No, no. <laughs> need encouragement up here too. All right, not a lot of head nods. I don't need that right now. Yeah, yes, see, see. <laughs> Uh But I was just thinking. I'm like, you know, there's. I really think the vast majority of people who are here, this service, next service, our, our other campus, you probably have not heard it as in depth as what I'm going to lay it out this month and, and today for us. That um, You've probably heard bits and pieces of it if you've been coming for maybe three to six months or you a know, number of weeks, but probably you haven't heard it cast and really laid out in a very thorough manner. And I think that it's very important. I think that it's very important because the key to advancement for the kingdom through the local church, one of the keys, is unity. It's unity. And it is alignment. When you have misalignment internally in an organization, you can say this about a business too, where there's misalignment, misfiring, people not on the same page, inconsistencies, people coming in here week by week and getting com- completely different experiences each time. That, that's not helpful to the advancement of a vision. So to cast this and to really hook in uh, is to, to really build unity and alignment throughout the whole house. And so if you're new and you're just coming, this is a great time. This is a great time for you to just be visiting, maybe praying and seeking the Lord that is this is this going to be the church that I'm going to plant my feet, that I'm going to get my roots to go down deep into the soil at, because the things that we will share and cast, they really should resonate in your spirit. Like You should get a witness in the from the Holy Spirit in your spirit that says, you know what? This is where I want you to be. I connect with that. I connect with the vision and the beliefs. I'm, I'm aligned here, and it's time for me to become a part of the body and the family and be an active member in what God is doing on the face of the earth. If it's not here, it just needs to be in some local church. It needs to be somewhere. We're not drifters. We don't float around. I know that sometimes there's transitions. That happens. But we're not meant to drift. Wanderers floating around with nowhere to go. I belong to nowhere and I'm of my own. And that is not kingdom. That is not the picture of the family of God. And so as you hear, I, you know, what we talk about and what we share, I, I really believe if you're listening and you're, you're seeking the Holy Spirit, he's the chief, you know, decide, per, this decider and say so in this, um, I really believe you'll, you'll hear, is this the place for me? And you know what? If it's not, we just really appreciate it if you wait until after the service is over to get up and leave. Um, <laughs> but thank you for visiting after that. We love you. <laughs> All right. So on that note, let me, let me start out by saying this. <laughs> kind of funny, oh huh? Yeah, that's good. All right. Um, I, think it, I think it's important for people to know and understand that Life Church X, when we started and we planted here in 2016, uh, that this this began much like churches should, and we we even see this throughout the apostolic picture in the New Testament, right? Where we were, Katie and I, we felt we were called by God to leave the place that we were in, the church we had grown up in we got married in, that we really just became spiritually mature in, under great covering and great teaching, which was a huge deal. We felt called to, to leave and, and start this church, to plant this church here in this community. God gave us a vision for for this whole region, for this area. And, and the church that we were under, that we were a part of, that was very healthy and good spiritual covering, this is important to note too, they sent us. They sent us here. That's a very important word in church planting and world evangelism, missionary work, is to be sent. Sent ones, right? We, were, we had a vision from God for this region. We felt called by the Lord, and we were sent by another church And I say that because I just I want you to I want to build your confidence in the body of Christ and how beautiful the local church is when she's healthy and working properly. That we were a seed that was sown into this soil by another church that invested into us. They devoted resources, energy, time, everything, and they released us. It was not an easy thing to do, right? It was easy to let Katie go, but they did not. It was hard to let me go. (laughs) <laughs> we're having fun today, all right, where's that, dude? Um, and so, you know, we came, and we got started, and we were on fire with vision, but there was so much to learn, I mean, we had so much to learn, I made many mistakes in the beginning, but you know what, God continued to cover us our hearts were always devoted to whatever his plan was. It was always about his plan over our own. And I'd like to encourage you with that today, that, you know, we're all mistake makers. Agreed? Maybe you should remind your neighbor of that real quick. You're a mistake maker, and you probably should, Some of you are like, I just told you that on the way here. So, just he's just reiterating what I already said. See, thus saith the Lord. So, um, when our heart is right and it's committed to what god wants it's amazing how he will lead us and navigate us through our brokenness and our our mistakes you know and so he continued to to help us we started we started this church some of you might leave after you hear this we started this church in a bar yeah in a bar it was in a banquet room over bar and uh no joke, our very first baptism Sunday, uh, we did baptisms in a beer trough. <laughs> my eldest is back there raising her hand. She's 16 now, and she was, ba- she was the first one baptized, her and my niece, in that beer trough. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're bound up by religion, I just want to tell you something. That water was still clean. hmm Amen. Okay. So, the first point, if we're going through this progression here of the vision, I I would say I'm breaking this down to you today in structure. Here's the structure. Here's the anatomy of our vision. Um, God is a God of systems and processes, and we believe that, you know, there's order to this, that God has really laid this out to us in a way that is cohesive Uh, And if we function true to this and consistent with this, that it will lead to the most effective advancement of the vision and mission of this house. So the vision here, uh, point number one, is raising up game changers. Raising up game changers. And this has been our vision from the very beginning. In fact, everything I'm going to talk to you about today has been our vision from the very beginning. Right. we So when people come here and they start to learn about it, it's like we've never changed. This is always who we've been since day one. So if you're called to be here, you're called to be here under the vision and the structure of what God has laid forth here in this house. There are things that are going to change and evolve, but there are things that never will. And this stuff right here is I mean, this is the fabric of who we are. And so our vision, we say, is to raise up game changers and I want you're going to hear this from me, right? Because you hear this all the time. But this is our expression of the great commission. It's just our expression of the great commission. It's not that churches are all, you know, off doing I mean a church, the church is we're all on a mission. It's a, it's a consistent mission. Reach the world with the gospel and disciple believers to spiritual maturity. I mean, if I was going to sum it up, very simply put, I would say that's what it is. So when we say raise up game changers, that is really what we mean by that. That we are, we are reaching people uh, who are far from God and helping them see what the answer is to be reconciled back to God and ultimately to grow into The fullness of the person whom God has created them to be. That's it. We have a purpose and we have a destiny. That our creator who authors life and all life has assigned purpose to all life. And when we say game changer, that's just a modern term, obviously, uh, that describes a person who is thriving and flourishing in their God-given purpose and destiny. They have connected with Jesus in the understanding and revelation that they are created by God for a purpose, and they are now sold out and living for only that purpose and nothing else. And through the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit that comes upon a believer who has faith and is submitted to God. It is through the power and grace. And I do mean supernatural. It is above and beyond natural skills, gifts, and abilities. We all have those. But the anointing of the Holy Ghost will light those things on fire and elevate the effectiveness of those for kingdom purposes to a place that is impossible for your skill, talent, and ability to get to. Hallelujah. And that's why we say game changer because when God when God's people, men and women, multi-generational, multicultural, raised up in the house of the Lord strong, are out in society and in community living according to God's purpose and destiny for their lives, the Holy Spirit through them is touching and and fragrancing the aroma all around them. We say, that's the game changer, baby. That's it. I can't change things. I'm not good enough to do that. But when the Holy Spirit is working through my life consistently everywhere I go, and His wisdom and His power are what people are experiencing, it's going to change the atmosphere everywhere around us. Men and women of God are in government. They're in their politics, they're in the business and marketplace, they're in the education system, that we're, we're planted in all these places of our society, the multifaceted society we live in, but it, it is so important that the steady flow of the rivers of living water are what are irrigating all of those landscapes everywhere around us in our society, hallelujah, and so that's why you see the X after our name. It has become fairly convenient. We didn't intend for this, but people ask all the time, what's the X about? It's actually worked out pretty good. What's the X about? Well, I'd like to tell you about that. But the X at the end of our name is because we came out of a church called Life Church, and that was our, that's our roots, you know? And we didn't want to depart from that. We, wanted that. we wanted to honor that. Because we believe in spiritual authority, we believe in covering, we believe in, in those things, very important. Uh, but the X was kind of a distinct mark, and that's because X is for X factor, which, which is it's just another term that's synonymous with game changer, which means a change agent in a given situation that's going to influence the outcome more than anything else. My heart is that that would be God's people in the world. I mean, why, guys, why not the most talented musicians and artists, the most talented minds and intellectuals, the most talented business people, why not those people, above all things, be serving the kingdom of God with those gifts and abilities and be anointed by the Holy Spirit to carry those things out? I mean, I may be crazy, but I just think, wow, that, that, that's what the church should look like. The most gifted and talented things that we're seeing are, are advancing the body of Christ in the local church in our world. I want to give you some anchoring scriptures that, that really help form you know, this, this vision of purpose and identity. So you see that the fabric of everything I'm sharing, it's all rooted in scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians 1.4 He, Jesus, chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before Him in love. 2 Timothy 1.9 He has saved us, listen to this, And called us with a holy calling. I love this. A holy calling. Holy means sacred or sanctified. It means set apart. It means that really we've been created to be set apart in our life for God's purpose alone and not for the world's. He's created us for a holy calling. Not everyone's living according to that calling, but that exists. And when people connect with that, I'm telling you, I've just seen it so many times. When people realize There's a reason I'm here. Like, there's a plan for my life. God has a purpose for my life. You want to talk about life-giving words of truth? You want to talk about somebody who's disoriented, getting direction? You want to talk about somebody who feels hopeless and down, coming alive and being uplifted in their spirit? When people get a revelation that, that God has created them with purpose, it just changes the whole trajectory of their life from that point on. For me, after I got born again as a new believer in Christ, it's like, man, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. I've been washed of my sins. It's incredible. But I, I also began to get great teaching and theology around this right here, that God had a purpose for my life. And I don't know if I was just naive. I thought everybody would react this way, but I was like, well, that's it. Game over, baby. Like There's no other reason to live anymore than, other than that right there. I can devote my life to no other purpose other than that which God has created me for. And I'll be chasing that down and pursuing that for the rest of my life. The reality is theologically that it doesn't even come to fruition and fulfillment until we go to be with Christ in heaven and eternity is consummated then that which we've been created for, which is to be with Him forever, is finally completed. And our purpose will be eternal. But if you notice in these verses here, in 2 Timothy one nine, he said, He called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. For we are His workmanship. I'm sorry, I just said the wrong verse there. I'm, I'm reading the wrong verse. Uh, so, I misput that. It says that God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And 2 Timothy 1.9 says that he created us uh, for his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, before time began. That's what I was trying to get to. Wow. So, <laughs> that's a mind bender. Before he set time in order, my purpose was on his heart. Our destiny was on his heart. You think he isn't the author and finisher of all things? David says in the Psalms, he says, he knew me in my mother's womb before I was even formed. He knew me. Wow. I just want you to hear that today. I want you to know that. For somebody, you maybe have never heard that before, that God has created you for a purpose. He has created you for a destiny. And there is hope. Because anything God has created you for, in Him, He will sustain you. And the ability to walk that out and carry that out can only be found in Him. Amen? Amen. So, these things were so in my heart, you know, this, God has a purpose and a destiny for us. We've got to help people discover that. I mean, we've got to help people discover that and to know Jesus is the only answer. But we've got to equip them equip them and raise them up strong to be spiritually mature so they're growing in their purpose and see them flourish, thrive in their God-given destiny so that they're the game changers here in this world that God's people are meant to be. It infuses hope in each person. When they connect with it, it's like a perfect match between a lock and a key that That key is the only key that really unlocks what's inside of us. Jesus is the answer. Ecclesiastes says God's put eternity in the heart of every man. And so men wrestle with this for centuries. What am I here for? What's the reason of life? And they've tried to find answers in so many places. But the reality is, according to Scripture, the key and the lock only connects when people discover who they are and their identity in Jesus Christ. And then they're on purpose, they're on mission, and on fire with purpose for their life. Proverbs eleven eleven says, "By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted." So when men and women of God are anointed by the Holy Spirit, living their purpose, the city, say it different, the community is being blessed and being improved on every level around us. You see, when you walk in your purpose, your life comes alive. The church benefits majorly because the body of Christ gets stronger when the gifts God's put into you become directed and stewarded towards kingdom purposes. But hear me on this. The community benefits greatly. The community around us, even those who are lost and perishing in darkness that may not know or acknowledge it they will benefit greatly when men and women of God get on fire for their purpose and destiny that God has created them for it's a ripple effect everywhere people are set free living free and leading others to freedom through the through the liberation of the holy spirit in our lives that we can live as free people not bound held down and say this you, this may be a new first thing for some people too but people can live under dom- demonic oppression in strongholds there are demonic spirits actively at work all the time attempting to get footholds in people's lives especially in people of God. And they want to hold them down. They want to keep them captive and in bondage. And Jesus Christ, it's, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. It, it, we believe so much in seeing people set free from bondages and hindrances. Things of our past. Hurts and wounds that we've kind of carried through life that are still weighing down our soul. And in many cases, there are soul wounds there that... People don't even realize they're carrying around and everything that flows out of them. It's like it's flowing out of a slightly contaminated well because the wounds and the hurts cause them to see life through a lens of distortion. But we believe in freedom and liberation, that we contend for that. That when people come to the church and they begin their walk with Christ, that they hear and know you can live free, you're meant to live free. You do not have to live in bondage. You do not have to settle and cope for a partial place of the destiny that God has created us for. And it's free people who lead lost people to freedom. (laughs) Amen? Amen. And so the last thing I'll say on this point of our vision is to raise up game changers. Your purpose is our priority. Now, we are just an agent. I understand. I'm, Please hear me. I, we're just an agent. Like the Holy Spirit is the, is the power. But your purpose is our priority. We go to great lengths, and we've been working to improve our processes and systems for years, and we're still doing it. We go to great lengths when people say, I think this is perhaps where I want to be. To connect with you, to love you, to serve you to come alongside of you and partner with whatever God is doing in your life and assist and support that so that your purpose and destiny can begin to thrive in your life. Your purpose is our priority. It's kind of a beautiful thing because it's like if the vision of the church is advancing and moving forward, that means that that the purpose of individual lives within the body are advancing and moving forward as well. We lock arms and we go arm in arm and hand in hand to carry this work out together. So that X at the end of our name is where we, where we get that is from the term game changer. And let me say this. When I look around and I see the X on a bumper sticker driving around town and you're flying past me and passing me on the shoulder. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't know who that was this morning, but you might want to slow down on your way to church. Uh, (laughs) When I see that on a bumper sticker, when I see that on somebody's shirt, on a beanie, when I see it on a banner, see it online, this is is so, uh, everything I just shared with you, the whole fabric of game changer, when I see the X, all of that that I just shared with you resonates inside of me it just phew, it just comes alive purpose destiny god's people changing the world i want to leave you with that next point is our beliefs okay so this is this is our doctrine our core doctrine every church is going to have a statement of beliefs and it's kind of like these are you know these are the pillars here there are there are plenty of things not naive i get this there're plenty of things in Scripture that churches and denominations do not agree on, do not see eye to eye. We, we get that, right? We're, we're, there is a truth, but we're all men and women discerning truth through interpretive lenses. And, but Scripture says that the, the Word of God is of no private interpretation. It just means that at the end of the day, there really is one truth. <laughs> and we're all going to get to heaven one day, and I promise you, we're all going to realize we had some things jacked up. It's just going to happen, okay? <laughs> um, but there are what I would consider, and Pastor Rick used to always say it so brilliantly this way, there there are things that are what we would just consider to be non-essentials, right? We could see them differently, but we could still build together. But there are things that are essentials. They're pillars. And we have those here, just like any church would. And so we call that our beliefs or our core doctrine. And we really believe very strongly that if somebody is going to plant their feet here, get their roots in here, it's very important that they go through what we call growth track. In fact, if you've got that slide, throw that up there. If you've never been through growth track before, you can text LCX growth track to 94,000. You have permission to do that with your phone in service. And you'll get a link right back. You can save that for later. That link will take you directly to the page on our website where all of those videos are. Uh, we work very hard to try to get that narrowed down to where there's you know, a dozen or more videos that are like seven to eight minutes roughly each to where people could get through that in about an hour, hour and a half. You don't have to do it all at once. Um, you can be broken up. But it's, it's just really important. And if you're a brand new believer, it's important if you're going to be here and if you're a very mature believer and you've been walking with the lord a long time it's still very important that you go through growth track so that you understand the core doctrine here in the house because we want alignment it's very important that we have alignment and unity on these things we're not on some quest to to try to you know badmouth opposing doctrines that's not it at all we're just saying this is what we believe And this is why we believe it, according to Scripture. And these are pillars here. We talk about things like salvation, water baptism, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, church governance, women in leadership. There there are a lot of things where it's like, if you're misaligned on these or a lot of these, I'm just, it's long term, it's probably not going to be great for unity in the body. I really believe that. In the beginning, look, my thoughts on this have evolved a little bit and changed over the years. In the beginning, when we planted the church, it was like, man, if people are excited and they're gifted, let's, you know, let them get in and carry weight and have leadership positions and let's move this forward because there are needs everywhere. And that's just how I saw it. And as time went on, I realized that we just, we ran into problems, Because we would get down the road and then we would realize later, man, this person that's leading here does not believe the same way we believe about marriage and the institution of marriage. You know what I'm saying? Or other things. And it's like I've realized that there are divisions that happen in the body of Christ, a lot of them that are avoidable by good alignment early on. And this is our process. People will say a lot of times, like, what do I got to do to become a member? Well, you know, this is kind of our process, is that you would go through growth track, and when you've gone through that, somebody is going to connect with you. They're going to get with you and, and go over that and, and just talk, what, is the, what are the next steps and what do they look like? Part of that process is we do a spiritual gifts assessment with people to see where their gifts uh, are and what they're passionate about so that they can get connected and plugged in here in the house and in the body of Christ, where they're going to be most passionate. And so, uh, growth track is our guide in helping to maintain alignment and to uh, achieve alignment. And this is designed to help each and every person answer the question: Is this going to be my church home? Is this going to be my church home? Because we there, there is a place for you. I was just talking to some folks before service. Like, we really believe that God has a place for every single person. Romans, He puts members of the body in position as and how He chooses. Not every member performs the same function, yet we're united by one Spirit. Amen? And we do, we believe that. There's, there's a house for you, there is a local church that's the expression of the kingdom of God on the earth in geographical context. There is a local church for all of us. And more than anything else, we would love for you to be here. Love for you to be here. But more than even that, we want you to be where the Holy Spirit is leading you to be. And this whole process is designed to help people answer that question. Psalms 92, verses 12 and 13. Listen to this. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. You'd have a hard time convincing me that you can flourish in your God-given purpose and destiny if you're not planted in a local church in the body of Christ. I just don't see it. So if we want to thrive, we can't be on an island to ourselves out there. Amen? We've got to be connected. Next thing is our focus. So we've seen our vision and our beliefs, and now we have our focus. And so these are what we have just kind of narrowed down are the four things, the four activities, if you will, that we are always invested in. Our resources, our energy, our time, everything we do as a church flows into one of these four things. And when we look at the model of the New Testament church, the best model we have to go off of, we see that the New Testament church was active in all four of these things. Now, this is important because there are ministries, not churches, that are highly active and effective in one particular area. And that's great. But the church, the local church cannot neglect any of these areas and still function under the balance and wholeness that we recognize the New Testament church model gives us for how it's supposed to look. I'll just go through those four things with you and of course, you know, we have catchy words that we've used to describe those, but I'll explain what they are as we do. The first one is experience. This is all about prayer, worship, and intimacy. The statement we use for this is on fire for Jesus. You would probably acknowledge this. I know I see this a lot. There's just something that is very noticeable, very attractive, very... um, There's just a countenance even about a person who is on fire for Jesus Christ. Living their life for Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. I'm walking with Jesus. I mean, it's just intimacy. Prayer and worship in their own personal life with the Lord are being stoked continuously. The priestly flame. The, flame, the priests were responsible for putting wood on the fire to keep the flame going in the temple. That's the Old Testament, the New Testament expression of that spiritually applicable, is that we, Peter says, we're all priests in God. We are responsible for stoking the internal flame of fire inside of our own temple. That happens through intimacy with the Lord. say it another way. It's about relationship, not religion. I've seen this so much that people are bound up with religion. Many people don't even know it because it's just all they've known. It's just all they've been brought up under and so it's just, it's broken for them, you know? It's religion, it's rules, it's legalism. And, and they have no relationship with Christ. But they, they're trying to follow rules. They're trying to get it right. They're trying to check the boxes. And they're just, they're missing out on the best that's really there. To know Him and to walk closely with Him. Experience. In our corporate times of worship and gathering for our services you know, our, our chief aim is to contend for, to invite and to seek the very presence of God in our midst. If we come here and the presence of God is not here, I will be the first one to tell you that you'd be better off finding something else to do. We, we do not gather here around a social club. We have community, no doubt, but we are here Seeking the presence of God manifested and dwelling among us and within us. We know that each and every human temple is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So His presence, the indwelling presence, is always there in a born-again believer. But corporately speaking, there is what's called manifest presence. Ancient Jewish rabbis call it the Shekinah glory. It means God's presence fills our midst and our atmosphere because we're praising and worshiping Him corporately and in unity, and we want the presence of God to be here every single time we are opening the doors. We want it to be here all the time. But when people come, it's amazing how much I've heard over the years, like, I don't know how to explain it, um, I felt something today. I've never felt that before. And I was like, you don't have to explain it, because I understand. How many people can attest to that? Look around, right? I would, never go, I, I would never go somewhere where the presence of God was not tangible and discernible in the atmosphere. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's experience. Number two is expand. We say never stop growing. This is basically discipleship. We place a premium on spiritual maturity here. I don't, I don't want people to stay babes in Christ for their whole life. You know, it is, it is amazing. I've sat with a lot of people at the end of their life and seen them age, you know, and it's true, the physical body deteriorates, right? And it, it shuts down, it gradually ends. It's just what it is. So the physical man will eventually get weaker and weaker over time. But the opposite should be said about the spirit, the spiritual man. That our spirit should be getting stronger and stronger to the fullness of the measure of Christ that he's created us for. So you're going to get challenged here. You're going to get challenged here. We're going to preach truth. We're going to confront sin. We're going to we're going to confront the evil that's happening in our culture and in society. We're not going to hide from it, um, and we're going to challenge you to grow. I don't think you'll be comfortable long term here if you don't want to grow, because we're going to challenge you, because the Bible says that this is in Ephesians. It says this that this is our task as church leaders to present every man perfect in Christ, which means to present every man mature in Christ. If we don't labor for that and contend for that, then we are not worthy of the role of leadership in the church that God's calling us to and assigning us to. Spiritual maturity. And growth track, when you go through that process, it'll help you identify areas in your life that may be weaknesses. You know, you'll 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 see, you'll be like, man, I need to be growing and Maybe you're struggling in your finances as a good steward. Maybe you're struggling in relationships or maybe in your marriage or you know, maybe within your own household. There are all these things and, and the, the growth of a man and woman of God, it, it is. It's multifaceted like that. God wants to grow us up strong and raise us up in all of these different areas of our life. So just like a church should be balanced and whole, individually we should be balanced and whole as well. What good is it, is it if we're a success in business and a failure in our home? What good is that, right? And so we're, we're contending and challenging people to grow strong in the fullness of, of who we are as people and human beings. The third one is extend. We say that, that, you know, the great ones serve. This is about servanthood. It's about serving the kingdom of God with your life. And I'll say this to you, I believe with all my heart there's no greater objective or no greater purpose which you can set your life to than to serve the kingdom of God. There's nothing better you can do with your life. How that looks is so different and it's so beautiful and the variety and expression of that and where we're at in, in our world. But to really say, it's my life is about kingdom, man. Kingdom. God's kingdom above my Kingdom. And what's beautiful is I'm I'm going to get blessed. We're going to be blessed. But it's his kingdom. Again, preeminence, Christ first, right? That's my first priority. His kingdom, not my kingdom. It's about servanthood. We come to serve, not to be served. We come to serve and not to be served. And we have that servant mentality everywhere we go. How can we serve you? How can I serve you? It's just I say that a lot to remind myself. This is my objective this is what I'm supposed to do, serve people with my life. We use this to express outreach, which would be local and global outreaches. Those can be humanitarian programs, and that can be evangelistic work as well, sharing the gospel, serving the needs of the disenfranchised in and around us. We do a ton of that stuff all year long. You'd have you could go online and see all the examples of how you could get plugged in there, but also in global outreach as well, missionary work, supporting missions, uh, supporting people in our house who have a call to missionary work, to see them be raised up and sent out, and to make sure the gospel is being advanced on all the four corners of the earth. Much of our resources are. Going towards and devoted to helping advance the kingdom and the gospel in other parts of the world. So we have like a bifocal view of local and global. We're right here, boots on the ground. But we are also trying to steward resources to reach the world abroad as well. So that's extend. And then the last one is exchange, excuse me, exchange. Iron sharpens iron. This is biblical community, godly relationships. We need them. We need them. Sometimes people will swing too far on this, and they will be like, okay, um, I sever every relationship in my life except for the ones in the church. No, you're in the world. You're not of the world. I mean, it just makes sense, right? You're in the world. You're not of the world. You have relationship, you have touch points with people in darkness, but you build and you grow within a core community of people who are headed in the same direction as you are, who value what you value, who believe what you believe. That's what it means to say iron sharpens iron. We sharpen the point of the spear by doing community together. It's, It's how we're created, and we need that. And... I mean, early on in our walk, Katie and I, when we were growing up in the church, you know, we reached this point a few years in uh, after we got married, and we, we realized that we, it's like we plateaued, man, it felt like we were growing so much in the word, and it was, we were studying the Bible, and all this stuff, and it was like, we just kind of, we felt like we plateaued, and we didn't know what it was, we were like, we, we at least we had, a I guess, enough sense to pray and ask, like, what's going on, God, why, we don't we're hungry for growth. We don't like this anymore, this flat line. We want to grow. And God's like, you know, I need to rearrange relationships in your life. I need, to re- I need to rearrange things because we were walking closely with people who weren't headed in the same direction that we were in, still partying on the weekends, out in the bars all the time, you know, just doing stuff like that. And it was like, God's like, you can't keep doing that anymore. And so we, we went through this season of, of, it was painful, of kind of beginning to pull back away from relationships that were not headed in the direction that we knew we needed to go. And then we started praying for good relationships. It's like, you know, that doesn't happen overnight, right? don't you know, just walk up and say, hey, would you be my good friend? You know, I mean, <laughs> I need some friends. <laughs> you love God? Great. You're my friend. All right. We're going to get together every week. It takes time. Some of you are like oh you're not supposed to do that Oh uh." (laughs) The person next to me probably thinks that's weird Okay Um, But We prayed really hard about it And it it, it took about a year or two But man God began to Bring people into our life That we're still building together with We're still walking together with and doing life with And you know what happened when we began to Experience that iron sharpening iron We started growing again we started growing again. So biblical community is, is very, very uh, important. Getting connected and getting engaged after you've made the decision, you know, this is the place that I'm going to call home. And so the last thing I want to share is our values. We call these our core values. Uh, we've, I think we've went through this in a like a progressive manner. You know, our vision, our beliefs, it's my church okay, this is what we do, I'm going to get engaged. So the values here, they essentially guide and protect our culture. We inspect these, you know, we contend for these, we champion these in all of our ministry teams and departments across the board. Um, This is a place we've arrived at through much prayer and seeking the Lord, like what is who we are? Because, you know, each local church is like a fingerprint. There's something unique about it in its context. And so based on who God's calling us to be, like what are, what are the values we need to protect? What are the values we need to hold dear? Uh, and to just kind of be non-negotiable about these in our leadership across the board. Um, it used to be, like I said early on, it was going to people and having hard discussions because then we recognized they didn't have these values. Uh, now we look for them and we seek them out and we look for fruit and evidence of these before people ever really get to leadership positions here so i think we're doing a little better job now but those are uh, number one is passion passion and this phrase we use for this is with all your heart with all your heart let me say it like this there's no point in going through the motions it 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 grieves my spirit when people are like i'm just i'm just going through the motions man just doing life, man. Just, just existing. And it's like, man, that is not, that is not how your heavenly father has created you to live. Passion. Like, I, I was just telling my daughter this. she's got her first job and she was going into work on her first day of work. And I said, baby, listen to me. I said, whatever you do, while you're there, do it with purpose. There's no point in you being there if your heart's not in it and you're not and you're just going through the motions like a machine. Colossians 3:23 has been a life verse for me. It says whatever you're going to do, do it with all your heart and unto the Lord and not unto men. Hallelujah. Passion. You know, there are places where churches would say, "Man, we just we just need people, man. If they can fog a mirror, they can, you know, greet um, <laughs> uh, Maybe even, you know, our kids ministry uh, and, and we just, we're not, we don't think like that anymore We're a little more selective We want you to be in a place where you're passionate We, we want the anointing of God that's on your life And on your giftings being given expression here in the local church That's important to us It's not just fill a seat. It's we want the right people in the right seats. (laughs) Why would we not? I mean, I thought about this one day, and and it was like the Lord said, why would you do it a different way? Don't you think that's what I would want? It's like, yeah, of course that's what you would want. Is God not capable? We just need to make it a priority. We want to know what's important to people. What are the gifts? What are the passions? What are their personality, the way they're wired? And then there's expression for that. You know, certain people are maybe in greeters and other people are you know, maybe in, in tech and there's just different things that can, that can move the heart of a person when they're doing that because um, God's wired us uniquely and we think that's beautiful and we love discovering that and helping you give aim and direction to it. Next one is humility. Humility. It's so important that if people are gonna lead here, that they're going to be in any kind of uh, position of impartation, that they are humble, right? Because when people are imparting to someone, some, somebody comes here and they're new, and they get connected into their receiving ministry, um, that's a big deal. And they're they're kind of trusting that the house and the leadership has vetted the people, that, that they're, they're worthy of being able to impart. And I can tell you that if somebody has pride, they'll they'll, they'll never make it far, anywhere. Really, I think you know, in, in the kingdom. But here, Bible says God exalts those who are humble, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled. We don't want to be a part of your train wreck, you know. We want to help you. We want to help you see truth, but you're probably not ready for leadership because people who are bound up in pride they they do a lot of damage. They do a lot of damage. And, uh, frankly, we, 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 more than your gifts being seen, we want Jesus to be seen. And when we're humble, guess what? I mean, you see, like, my brother Mike, he sings, like, amazing, right? His voice is incredible. But whenever I hear that dude, I see the Lord all over him, man. I just see the anointing of God on his gift, and it's like, I just praise Jesus for that. Um, we want humble people here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians one thirty one. Uh, let no man glory in himself or in anything. If he's going to glory, glory in the Lord. Glory in the Lord. Third, integrity. We say let your yes be yes and your no be no. (laughs) Integrity. Authenticity is attractive. It amazes me even to this day how many people in key positions of influence, not even just in the church but in, in the world, in key positions of influence... Are completely living a completely different life publicly and privately. It's like an oxymoron. It's a total disconnect. God won't bless that. He is not going to bless that. Integrity. It's authenticity. It's I, I'm the same person in public as I am in private. Like there's I, I'm not you know there's nothing here we're trying to keep a, a curtain over or anything like that. People who are who are secure enough. And who they are, to be vulnerable, to be transparent. I, I'm attracted to that. That's, that's a beautiful expression of what security in Christ should look like. And I think that's the, that's the kind of people we need leading in the kingdom. Job 1, uh, thirty-one six, Job says, Let me be weighed on honest scales, that God will know my integrity. Mm. Say that again. Let me be weighed on honest scales that God would know my integrity. I'm unwilling to sell out my integrity for anything. could offer me a million dollars today. wouldn't matter. I won't tell one lie for it. Integrity. Integrity. People who are willing to walk in truth 100% of the time. It's not that we don't make mistakes, but it's, just, it's a priority here. We find out people are being dishonest or manipulative, anything like that. Like that has to be confronted has to be confronted in a healthy church and then the last one is love love never fails Mm. love always wins the day it always wins the day i've been in situations with people where we were trying to navigate some of the most complex relational dysfunctions (sighs) try sifting through it holy cow there's years of history and mess and it's like Wow, we're trying to bring restoration or reconciliation. And I've learned this now over the years, and my faith in the in the Holy Spirit to do this is just—it's very high. Is this is the question? Are you committed to restoration? Are you committed to to pursuing this in love? Because if you are, we're going to find breakthrough. I can't tell you exactly how it's going to happen exactly all the way through, but I'm telling you, if you will love, love never fails. We will find breakthrough. We will find reconciliation and restoration when all parties involved are committed to that outcome and doing it and walking it out in love. But listen, guys, when we walk into things and we have a critical spirit, we have a prideful spirit like, nope, not budging here. Nope. I'm. This is, I know, I know what I know. I'm. I'm telling you, nobody's going to tell me, you know. Or we have a critical spirit, like, man, everybody's wrong. Everybody's, you know, see this, you see that. And they're just criticizing and critical. That's not love. Love covers yeah. sin. <laughs> Criticism points it out everywhere and shines a banner on it. That's not love. We look for people who, are, who, who their heart is truly for love. And I believe this. If you've been here a little while, maybe even just today, I believe that you probably felt the love of Christ because our people do a great job here because the people we have representing us, they love and they love well. When people come here, you know there are things we're working on. There are things that we don't do the best and we're still trying to improve upon. We're growing church. I get all that. Let me tell you something. You're going to get loved. You'll be loved well here. You'll be loved very well. I say it to, you know, just we've got leaders in place and people who are here to provide ministry and needs to the congregation because it's, it's more than I can personally do with everybody anymore. And I say, like, look, I, I don't have time to do everything, but I promise you, as the leader of this house and as the pastor of this church, there is enough love in my heart for everybody. And I pray for every soul who walks in this door who God brings every single week faithfully and diligently. And I pray in the Holy Ghost all the time, knowing that God is directing my prayers in places for your life that I am not even fully able to reach and touch in the limitations of the physical man. But you're going to be loved well here. I believe that with all my heart. These things we will protect. We will protect. I believe it is right to hold people to these standards if they're going to be in leadership and in positions of impartation around here. I want you to feel good that if you come here and you're receiving ministry, that it's healthy ministry coming from healthy people appointed by healthy leadership. Amen. And so as we wrap this up today and we've laid the foundation of our vision, I want to say to you now as we look forward into 2024, and you will continue to hear more of this in the weeks ahead. As I've been praying and seeking the Lord all through you know, last year, I, I take time in the fall every year to just get away on sabbatical for a few days and be alone with God. And one of the big things is just, God, where, where are you leading us in this next season? What are, you, what are you saying? And the thing that just continued to resonate with me over and over and over as we would come to 2024, is that for us as a people here, that this would be a year of devotion. A year of devotion. That we would challenge everyone and, and ask you to really pray and, and consider and seek this out. That you would become more devoted to Christ than you've ever been before in your life. And to, de- to be devoted means, it means to make a vow. Devote means to make a vow. It means to commit to something. You know, how, how we start a year is really important to how we finish a year. And steady disciplines throughout time will lead us to desired results. It, it's amazing sometimes how we overestimate what we can accomplish in a day. But we really underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And I'm challenging us as a a church and everybody here to say, this is going to be a year of devotion. Maybe you've never fasted before. Let this be a year you build fasting rhythms in your life. Maybe you've never interceded in prayer on a regular basis for your family. Let this be the year you commit to that. Maybe you've never joined a small group and done community. Maybe you've never done a Bible study. Maybe you've never read the Bible all the way through before. We've got a lot of things that we're going to talk about. And we've got some things that we can even do to help you in some of these areas and some of these steps. But I think the call right now as we start out is to say, will you pray and will you seek the Lord? And would you be willing to say, this is going to be a year that I am going to be more devoted to Christ in my walk with him than I've ever been before? This is what I'm going to suggest to you, and I'll leave you with this. In order to do this, none of us are going to get 14 more days in this year. We're not going to get an extra package of time. Oh, nice, now it fits. You're going to have to rearrange. I'm telling you, and I I believe with all my heart, this is the word of the Lord. I really do. God is saying, "Will will you rearrange? Will you take things in your life and spaces in your life that are devoted right now to other things? And will you consecrate those and devote those to me? In order to make that room, we might have to let go or lay down Other things. Most people are too busy anyway. Running all over the place. and Resources going everywhere. I don't know what it looks like for you. I I know what it looks like for me. But the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I do believe that. If it's your heart. That you would lay down lesser things. That you might be able to lay hold of greater things. Because I had this hit me and it's like. We're we're seeking revival, we're seeking an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, transformation in our nation, reform, and morality, and and laws, like, all these things, and it's like, I need a people that are devoted to me to carry these things out, devoted. God is our number one priority and commitment. And I think if we go into this year with that objective, yes, this is going to be a year of devotion and pray and seek the Lord. What does that look like for me through this month? You know, let the Lord answer that for you. And then we chart out on that course and we continue to talk about that all year. This is a year we're going to become more devoted to God than ever before. I mean, can you imagine if a people in the year substantially more devoted in their relationship with Christ than they were even before they stepped into that year? And what God might be able to do. So, I hope that you. Um, I hope this has been helpful for you today. I know it's a little different than maybe a normal Sunday, especially if you're new. It's a little different than maybe a normal Sunday, but it's. I think it's very important. And I would say to you, if you're here or if you're praying about being here, um, that if if this is the place for you, then we're gonna lock arms with you. We're gonna we're gonna walk with you. And if so, I want you to know that you are a part of a church that is driven by a vision and that is on mission for kingdom. And when we hook our lives in with that, it's amazing what God begins to do to bless the rest of the scenery all around us. Amen.